Said I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Well, more embarrassment for the United States. Janet Yellen went over to China and bowed to her counterpart over there. It was just embarrassing. Uh, She just looks like such a doofus. She's got to be... I mean, she's just not bright. And she gets paid like... I guess she is bright because she gets paid like $75,000 a speech in the off season. I mean, she's a richer than rich. Janet Yellen working at the Fed, pushing her academia, um, the stuff she learned in a book, but never practiced in real life. Um, Janet Yellen is just an embarrassment to the country. Um, she was the one that said that inflation was not going to be uh, was was, tra- was was transitory, that it wasn't going to be a long term thing, and of course, we've seen inflation uh, do what it did, and uh, this and the Federal Reserve, you know, is the only thing right now with Jerome Powell cutting more uh, or raising the prime rate more than ever uh, in the history of the Fed. Raising one rate hike after another, the most sustained rate hikes that we've seen have come out of the Federal Reserve in the last two years. Now, one could argue it was too low to begin with, and there's a lot of debate about all that stuff. But definitely, everybody knows where this came from, this inflation. It came from directly from the COVID response. And what Trump said in the very beginning was the COVID response can't be worse than COVID itself. But now we're learning that COVID wasn't as deadly as they once said. There's all kinds of anomalies and all kinds of things that don't make sense. That as many people are dying from the vaccine, myocarditis and cancer and some other things. In the wake of COVID. than they did from COVID. 
And when you look at the total deaths per global, global total deaths, it doesn't jive with the story that was being told at the time. There is a problem here where the number of deaths that they attributed to COVID and then, you know, you look at the total deaths and create a pattern of the last 20 years. It doesn't make sense that somebody's lying somewhere. Where the lie is, nobody exactly knows yet. But it's a real interesting thing because a lot of us think that COVID was a bioweapon that was released knowingly by people like Fauci and Gates who were prepared to exploit for profit the vaccines. And they got royalties and kickbacks. And we have uh, Bill Gates on tape saying that he wants to depopulate the world using vaccines and that he is making 20% on his investment. So if he spends you know, uh, $5 billion, he's going to get $20 billion back. So he's getting a lot of return on his investment. So it's not Bill Gates giving back to the world or anything like that, but yet you listen to someone like Steve Colbert interview Bill Gates, tell us what the next event's going to be. As if they know. How do they know? These monsters are completely out of touch. The only thing that they know is the flight path to Epstein Island. And then that brings us to the Sounds of Freedom movie and the things that we're starting to talk about, the inconvenient truths about climate and about sex, child and sex trafficking and human slave labor trafficking. And Hollywood, and how evil Hollywood is. And today we're going to cover all of this in in a way that uh, we haven't done before, because these are going to be new audio clips that we have not heard. But they corroborate, and they prove they help prove the case that I personally am trying to make and sell my case with corroboration and corroboration, corroborating evidence. Um, and uh, Roseanne Barr had a segment that she, she said a few things. We listened to Mel Gibson yesterday. Yesterday we also talked about the Catholic Charities and that organization using their the money that they're getting from the government and they're processing illegals coming through the border and they're setting them into databases and they're sharing those databases with election systems to get the ballots, to get the registrations. And the registrations are happening automatically through bots, like through macros. In the old days, we used to call them macros. Now they call them bots. You ever create a macro? It's a simple batch file. You know, you can create a batch file in the old DOS days, remember? 
create a little batch file and it does like a series of things. You can pause, you can you can sleep, you can you can copy, you can paste, you can rename, you can delete. You can do all kinds of moving files around and doing uh, starting backups, set up cron jobs, you know, the whole thing. You know, all that is computer stuff. And in the old days, we used to create these batch files. We used to call them macros. And today, you know, we, we, we have a new name for them. We call them bots. But they're really kind of the same thing. They're programmed, scripted to do a task in a series of steps. And they're very sophisticated. And they go online to these um, online registration systems. And I remember thinking about how I'm seeing these everywhere now, these online registrations. And I was thinking to myself, this seems kind of difficult. Like it, it doesn't seem easier. It seems more difficult. Why don't I just like go down to the uh, office, show them my ID, and they'll just go ahead and give me a, a registration card, and I'll be done with it. And then I'll know for sure that it's been done correctly. Because all this stuff about scanning your ID and uploading a picture and doing all of this stuff, whoa, you know, proving your ad- address and proving your, you know, all this stuff. So what they what they're doing is the Catholic charities and organizations like them and NGOs that are paid for by Soros and and a whole bunch of other people that want to help, you know, like Clinton Foundation. We're going to go down to Haiti and help out. How did that work out? Look, don't do me any favors, okay? Stay out of my life. Remember when they had Dylan Roof was shot up the church in South Carolina and and all of a sudden Al Sharpton wanted to go down and help and they said, no, stay away, Al Sharpton. Stay away. We saw what you did with Freddie Gray in Baltimore. We saw what you did with Michael Brown in, in Ferguson. Stay out of our lives. We don't want you. And he didn't go. But Barack Obama and Eric Holder and Al Sharpton were all set to go down and just ruin South Carolina. Those fools. But that's the kind of thing. Hey, look. You know, when the guy, what did Reagan say? Reagan said that, right? Remember? He said the, the seven words that most feared in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. I'm from the government and here to help. Yeah, something like that. He was on The Tonight Show or something like that when he said that. Great, great quote. But we're being embarrassed uh, overseas in England. In England right now, you got John Kerry pushing the climate initiative. You got Jake Sullivan over there pushing Ukraine needs to get into NATO, which is, again, another huge boondoggle. Huge, foolish thing to do. Now, I hear that Joe Biden's basically moving back from that. But you got Emmanuel Macron that's endorsed Ukraine being in the NATO. And you got a couple of other countries. And then Italy, one of my favorite countries. France and Italy, man. I love France. I love Italy. Italy, my like perhaps my favorite country. And... They're doing something now with pesticides that's just incredible. Italy approves field trial of NBT products. Italy's political 
political groups voted unanimously to authorize field experimentation of products of new breeding technologies. This is a turning point for the country's agricultural industry. It is a step that changes the country's perception of genetic innovation. So new breeding technologies such as CRISPR, C-R-I-S-P-R, were originally allowed only in vitro. This is the first legislation by a national parliament that promotes NBTs rather than limiting them. So let's hope that this doesn't work out. Biotech updates. um, This came from biotech updates. So let's see. All right, so Italy authorizes field trials of assisted evolution technologies. It's the first, it is the first European law, the unanimous vote. So with the vote, um, and you would think that with Georgia Maloney, Georgia Maloney, you would think that this wouldn't be the case, that they wouldn't be messing with the food. But they are. All right, there's not a lot on that just yet. But keep your eye open for them trying to infect your foods. That's why they want to take over. In the Netherlands, they were trying to take over the farmers. They overreached, and the people pushed back, and the people won the battle. Maybe not the war yet. Of course not the war yet. The war is really against globalists. And Ruta, the leader of that, was is, is a globalist, a Klaus Schwab guy. All right, so he mentioned that uh, Joe Biden was over in the UK meeting with King Charles, the biggest globalist on the planet. Remember the clip I played about King Charles saying that he's going to uh, initiate martial law and that we need a military solution to push the climate agenda? Do you recall that? I played that audio clip for you last week, I think it was. And he was basically saying we, if if required, because it's so expensive to try to win over the hearts and minds, and that people are just not embracing the change, and they won't adopt what we're trying to get them to adopt, we'll take a gun and put it to their head and make them an offer they can't refuse. Either their brains or their signature is going to be on that contract, said the godfather, Right? And that's exactly what they're doing right there. Yeah, that's a line right out of Godfather 1. Michael Corleone's talking to uh, uh, Diane, I think is her name. Um, but uh, his, wife, his wife-to-be, his fiance, And he, he's telling the story about Luca Brasi. All right, so here is Diane Keaton, by the way is the actress. Al Pacino was the other actor telling that story. All right, so uh, RNC, uh, RNC Research posted this about uh, John Kerry. Now, John Kerry, again, we have all kinds of ways to debunk climate now. We know that CO2 follows uh, temperature. We know that there have been several ice ages and that... Um, that the we've seen higher CO2 averages 
that preceded ice ages. And that's happened well over five times. Okay, so just put that seed in your brain. In the history of the world, we've seen at least five ice ages, which is the colder periods of time. And those ice ages have been preceded by CO2 levels that were higher than what we're experiencing just now. We're in a warming cycle and the CO2 is going to get hotter and higher and they know it. See, John Kerry knows this, so he's going to exploit it for political power. That's what they're doing. They already know where the curve is going, that they know CO2 is going up because they already saw that the temperatures have gone up. So it's 100% certainty that CO2 is going to rise. But it's not because of mankind, you see. It's because the temperature, it's because CO2 precedes the temperature by 800 years. So they already know where the temperature has been, so they know where CO2 is going to go. They're then taking a political position on this, and they're trying to outsmart the world. They're trying to do a power grab. Do you follow this? And so we know that CO2 precedes ice ages, and the CO2 at higher levels than what we're experiencing now, have preceded ice ages, colder periods of time. Yet, listen to the drama coming out of John Kerry, who flies private everywhere, talking about climate all over the world, getting paid probably $500,000 a speech to deliver a bunch of propaganda, a pack of lies, to endorse the globalist agenda, which is to gain access to slave labor by shutting down manufacturing in the West and promoting manufacturing in the East, like BRICS nations, and regulating and controlling people with 15-minute cities and profiting from their early adopting green energy initiatives that they've already invested in, that they're basically saying wouldn't work unless we put the other competing energy out of business, which is fossil fuels. So once we, once we ban the competition, fossil fuels, combustible engines, once we ban them out of existence, we will have the monopoly and the patents on EVs. Do you see it? This is a very important point. The, the, the climate crisis is growing by the day. You just saw and have reported on what happened in New York. All around the world, there are record-breaking days where the heat is greater than it's ever been before. This will be the hottest June and July. It'll be the hottest summer. It'll be the hottest year. And we all know that because the science is telling it to us and because Mother Earth is responding by telling us exactly what's going on. So... He didn't lie, did he? No, he didn't. He told you exactly the truth. He said, Mother Earth, nature, science, is telling us that CO2 is climbing. 
We know that. Duh. We know that CO2 is a laggard by about 800 years to temperature. And that CO2 always goes up 800 years after the temperatures have gone up. And that we also know that CO2 causes, uh, or doesn't cause, at, at the peak of a CO2, the next thing that happens is it goes down and there's a, an ice age. It's cyclical. And this is what's going on. And uh, I have uh, an audio clip here I want I want want you to listen to right here. This is good. Listen to this. We've had six ice ages in the history of the planet. Every one of these started when we had more carbon dioxide in the atmosphere than now. It's clear that if carbon dioxide drives global warming, then we wouldn't have had an ice age. And in fact, the times when the planet had more than 20% carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, we had three great ice ages. Two of these three had the planet covered in ice. So we have no relationship over time between carbon dioxide and climate. The past tells us how the present is operating. And if you want to argue that traces of a trace gas drive a major planetary system, you can only do this when you totally ignore the past. And be it in history, be it in the history of our constitution, be it in our ancient history, if you ignore the past, then you do so at your peril. Right. I mean, it's akin to peeing in the ocean. Now, I've never done that. All right, maybe I have. But it's not going to change the chemistry of the ocean if you decide you want to pee in the ocean, right? It's a drop in the bucket. It's not going to have an impact. That's what he's saying. And we played two clips yesterday and last week that drove home the notion and the, the, the fact that CO2 precedes temperature. The temperature on its own is cyclical and that there are warm periods and there are cold periods called ice ages and that the warm periods have always preceded or, well, it's, they alternate. It's not so much one precedes the other. There's a cold period, then there's a warm period, then there's a cold period and there's a warm period. For, you know, and then that gets into an area where perhaps it's above my pay grade. But it's the globalists that are pushing this agenda. And they have a serious agenda. They have a big agenda. And it's all about population control. Now, we're going to start with the sound of freedom and we're Hollywood and the corruption of the mind. Uh, We're going to get over into globalism, and we have a bunch of audio clips that we want to share with you today, and we're going to get them out of the way. They're they're fairly short, but this is one um, that I thought was interesting to listen to. Uh, This is, you know, we heard Mel Gibson talking about Hollywood. Let's take a listen to Roseanne Barr talk about Hollywood. Hollywood really is an organized crime network. And, uh, you know, that's what it is. It's like pimps up 
hose down. Yeah. That's how I always describe Hollywood. <laughs> it's like, okay, your agent, pimp, another word for pimp. Yeah. Your lawyer, another word for pimp. And the hose are the talent. And, you know, they think that talent is expendable. And they think the people running Hollywood are the pimps. And they are. And maybe this is Also, just- that Hollywood got in bed with the CIA. And so that was government money given their way to portray certain things for mass media for mass consumption yeah and to keep people in line to keep them like thinking fairy tales instead of looking at the truth hey where's my tax money going it's like oh and then and then richard Gere falls in love with the prostitute on hollywood boulevard don't go down there and actually look at the 12 year old prostitutes that live on hollywood boulevard right believe the bullshit lie Okay, sorry about that last part. I went to cut it. Um, but yeah, uh, there it is, right there. The CIA is involved in Hollywood. This is the Mockingbird Media. And and they know where their bread is buttered. They know where their, free, their, their, their gravy train is coming from. It's coming from you, the taxpayers, that are financing the CIA, that are then buying off the privileges of uh, media covering their narrative. Media could be Hollywood. It could be the news media. It could be Netflix. Why do you think that um, Valerie Jarrett and, and Michelle and Barack Obama all joined Netflix to push, you know, a gay person in every single family and every single series and every single movie that Netflix puts out? There's always, you know an agenda, a narrative, and it's psychological. It's designed to make you think reality is one way, but it's actually another. And the best example of that was when Jesse Waters came out with that bunch of statistics and said, people think 17% of the population's trans. No, it's less than 1%. People think that, you know, 40-something percent are gay. No, it's 3%. People think that, you know, 50% of the United States is black and no, it's 12.1% or something like that. It's just like we we just are completely um, being lied to by the media and naturally the uh, consumers of that media believe uh, fairy tales. So let's take a listen to this mass awakening, okay? This is kind of interesting, too. I have a really hard time believing that we are not living through some type of mass awakening. When you have Jim Caviezel on the Steve Bannon show saying things like this from his incredible movie, The Sound of Freedom, you've got to check this out. We're supposed to go along with the LGBTQ community. Where is our Pope? Why is he not speaking out when poor Catholics are being ripped to to kingdom come from the FBI? These are the things that are going on in there. It's like a... A, a, a tentacle, the, the uh, octopus with arms. It's many, many arms, but you got to go after the head of the octopus in this one. Who is it? The central banks, the IMF, the ECB, the private West Central Banks, the Biz, the Rothschild Banks. We have a Rothschild Pope, and there are great Americans out there that are fighting right now, fighting with all their hearts, but they, they don't have a voice. So I'll be that voice. I saw what John the Baptist did. I think about him all the time in this situation. Would you lose your head for Christ? Would you? I would, because I love him. Whoa. It is time to wake up, y'all. That was powerful. 
And uh, we're living through some biblical times right now. There's no doubt about it. Um, Let's take a listen to this. Now, this is interesting. 2014, CBS did a segment applauding the guy who did Sound of Freedom. His name is, I guess we could take a uh, call real quick. Um, All right, caller, you're on the air. Hi, Scott. Um, Just a quick note. My daughter-in-law writes fantasy and science fiction books, and she can't get anything published. And believe it or not, the reason that they told her that they wouldn't print her stories is because they have to have a gay person in a positive role model. And there were, you know, these are free, you know, young adults, and and there's no sex in them. They, so these stories that people, you know, are writing, trying to get published, trying to get out there, are being stifled because they don't have this crap in them, I will put it that way. Wow, yeah. You know, it always amazes me sometimes when I run across a film that just, you know, is doesn't have any of the crap that we are forced to digest today and I'm so relieved by it and I've gotten to the point where um, if I'm watching a movie or a show or a series and next thing you know they inject that uh, something like that into it I will just absolutely turn it off and I just can't watch it there were several series like that on Netflix for example where I just won't give them my rating you know I won't give them that click you know that viewer viewer stat data i will i will not give it to them and i just will turn it off and uh, that'll be my little sacrifice that i make but i make it every single time and it's because i don't want to reward it i want to reject it and i don't want it in my life because i know it's a psyop yeah and and I, i i don't know how to how do you get around that? I mean, where is somebody that... Uh, turn it out. Turn it I mean, off and, and uh, well, hug, your, hug your family well, members. Well, not turn it off, but how do we get these other people that write, write music? You, you, you mentioned last week that, you know, the music that we listen to in stores and the restaurants are the old good stuff. How do we get... I'm, I'm sure people are writing good stuff, songs like... You know Chicago and James Taylor and stuff like that. Yeah, now, you know, but it's just not getting out. There's a singer. There's a little folk uh, house in uh, Philadelphia. It's now no longer, I don't think, but it used to be it's Tin Angel, and I used to go there all the time. I lived about two blocks from there. Some of the best performances I've ever seen in my life were getting. You know, they were charging twelve dollars for the ticket, candlelight, whatever. And the thing is, nobody even knows about these people. You know. And they are star- starving artists. They sleep out of their van. They go from town to town, and they just try to make ends meet. But it's really hard um, because uh, uh, the the people that control our our ether, the ether, you know, the air that we breathe, is the big marketing houses on Madison Avenue and in Hollywood, and uh, they they're the ones in control of. Of the narrative, and the narrative that controls them is the money that is being paid to them, like Roseanne Barr just said, from, by the CIA or or by uh, BlackRock, and and all the financing and ad dollars that come into them. 
So we have to change. We actually, I think one of the answers to that question you just asked is somehow we have to crush BlackRock and Vanguard. We have to make them pay the price and get them to stop pushing their radical agenda. But it's, it's, a, tough, it's a tough war. It's a tough battle. And we need to elect people more like Donald Trump that aren't getting paid off by these globalists. I mean, at, at some point, we need to pull out of the Paris Agreement. We need to get out of the UN. We need to get out of TPP. Uh, we need to get out of these global, uh, multinational, corporate-dominated uh, uh, entities. And we need to actually just sort of, you know, pull back from all of that globalism. And that will that will be the nail in the coffin for them because— all of these multinational corporate globalist agendas and these treaties and these pacts, they're all being financed primarily by the United States. None of this works with US, without the U.S. involved because the U.S. economy dominates all other economies in terms of consumption. And so therefore, if we had a leader in our country and to get there, we have to actually fix the rigged elections. They know it, you know it, and I know it. Well, I, I pray for getting people in there that in the office to do that. Well, we have to actually work them. local, though, and fix the rigged elections. We have to get rid of mail-in balloting, ballot harvesting, and illegal open borders that are being converted. This next clip I'm going to play is all about Catholic charities. I was talking about it yesterday. I'm talking about it again today. These Catholic charity groups that are being financed by the government to propagate and push the uh, illegals, migrants, into our society uh, and milk our system, you know, they're, they're a lot more sinister than we give them credit for. And they're setting up databases and they're sharing them and they're getting these registrations to happen. And these registrations are turning into ballots that are showing up on doorsteps, being picked up by ballot harvesters, filled out by Democrats, and dropped off in drop boxes over the course of 30 days. And there isn't an ID to be had, signature verifications out the window. I mean, all of this stuff could be addressed. Nobody's addressing it. This is the problem. Well, well, and I think part of it is, too, is that, you know, for example, Mexico could have a booming economy. If it were not for corruption in the political system, the judges, the police there, I mean, they, you know, a lot of people probably would just prefer to stay in Mexico, but if things are so corrupt there, they cannot. And I don't know that, uh, well, let me say it this way. I believe the CIA has probably a hand in that, too. So, Yeah. Yeah, the C well, the CIA has a hand in a lot of things they shouldn't have a hand in. You know, I, 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 if I was president, I would get rid of the Department of Education, probably the Department of Energy for what they've for what they failed to do. Um, I would get rid of uh, the Department of Commerce. I would get I would I would go to a flat tax. I would actually uh, remove about two thirds of the IRS and go to a consumption based tax, uh, sales tax only, and. Uh, I would get out of all the globalist agenda uh, uh, organizations, the WHO, you know, the uh, IMF, the World Bank, uh, the WTO, 
uh, all of that stuff is not necessary. It's all just added a whole bunch of brokers that are just breaking things. That's what they do. Yeah. Well, thank you for calling in today. You bet. All thank right. you. Take care. Bye. All right. Uh, let's see. So, all right. We're going to get to this uh, CBS story. It says, in 2014, CBS did a segment applauding Sound of Freedom, Tim Ballard's work against chi- child trafficking. Okay, so they're basically, Sound of Freedom didn't exist in 2014, but they were applauding Tim Ballard's work because Tim Ballard's been at this for a long time. Almost 10 years later, the same media is calling the film Sound of Freedom, inspired by uh, his work, Paranoid, QAnon Conspiracy. Why? Why are they doing that? Let's take a listen. Last weekend, police broke up a major sex trafficking ring in Colombia, which has become a destination for tourists looking for sex with boys and girls. The police had help from an American. Okay, just so you know, this is the 2014 clip, okay? So go back nine, almost 10 years, nine years. Let's, all right, let's take a listen again. Just to, I wanted you to have that perspective. Last weekend, police broke up a major sex trafficking ring in Colombia, which has become a destination for tourists looking for sex with boys and girls. The police had help from an American who went undercover to rescue the children, and Elaine Quijano met him. Tim Ballard has one mission, to track down child traffickers. Four months ago, Colombian authorities asked him to investigate a tip that children were being sold there as sex slaves. Within a half hour, this individual walks up to me, starts asking me what I'm here for, what I want, and within m- minutes, he says, well, I've got, I've got kids as young as 11 years old. Ballard, a former Homeland Security agent, now heads up Operation Underground Railroad, a nonprofit group that rescues trafficked kids. After that first meeting, the Colombians asked him to put together a sting. No men will be in here, only women. Operation Underground Railroad spent months planning, renting this house, rigging it with hidden cameras to document the crime, coordinating with Colombian authorities, and negotiating with the traffickers. How they find these kids is they lure them in by pretending to have a modeling agency. They target them at 9 or 10 years old. And they were telling us that about by 11, they're ready for sex. They're ready to be sold. What is that like looking into that kind of person's eyes? It, it, it's horrifying, and this is why. Because I've got a smile in the face of evil. This is the table where we're going to do the negotiation. Less than 24 hours after the operatives landed, the suspected traffickers arrived on the island, and the final deal with the undercover team began. Fifty-four boys and girls aged 11 to 18 were ushered in for what had been billed as a sex party. They were given candy and drinks and told to wait in this small room. This this little 11-year-old boy, I remember, he asked one of my operatives if they could give him some cocaine or something. That He said, they usually give me something because I'm really scared. By the time the deal was done, the alleged traffickers were set to make $25,000. That transaction was never completed. 25 Colombian special operatives stormed the party. Arresting five suspects, four men, and one former beauty queen. All charged with child trafficking. 
The victims, 29 of whom are under 18, were evacuated, given medical exams, and placed in a rehabilitation center where specialists are working to undo the damage. Right before I got in the boat, we had to walk by the, this room where the kids were, and they put their hand up. And I touched their hand. And see that there's liberation now. Liberating one child at a time. Elaine you know, that's the answer to the caller's question, even. Um, one battle at a time, right? But that is Tim Ballard. Nine years later, he put together uh, Sound of Freedom. Now, we've been talking about Catholic charities. Let's take a listen to this uh, this particular um, exchange. I'll tell you the name of the person in just a second. I think his last name is Voris. He's on Steve Bannon's War Room. They said Catholic Charities is the is the illegal immigrant travel agency. I don't think people quite realize. Yeah, his name is Michael Voris, founder of St. Michael's Media. Michael Voris the relationship that getting many of these illegals to the border, uh, there's a big operation behind the scenes there with uh, uh, so-called Catholics. But once they get across the border, then Catholic Charities picks up and distributes them. I mean, we've seen all of these midnight flights uh, going into Westchester County in New York, for example, into Pennsylvania, all over the... Those things are all done by Catholic Charities. Catholic Charities is the one handing the people cell phones. Catholic Charities is the one to do, putting people up. And all of this is coming through the U.S. Catholic bishops uh, by way of congressional funding. The Catholic bishops are one of the largest NGOs that the U.S. government has as contractors. And it's not just this particular issue, which is gigantic. Again, like we said before the break, it, the the environment in which tens of thousands, probably many more than that, that's just the ones we know about, probably hundreds of thousands of children can be sold into sex slavery as little children all the way up until they become adults. Uh, that environment exists because there is no border. And the reason there's no border is because the U.S. Catholic bishops have taken tons and tons of money, billions, with a B, billions of dollars in just the last few years in order to promote this. They don't care about these kids. They don't care about the destruction of a border, which in some parts in you know, Texas and New Mexico and Arizona doesn't even exist anymore. Um, and so we're having you rolling that uh, press release we have right there. July 20th in Washington, D.C., 1 o'clock at the National Press Club. Uh, we and some other members of our coalition, Lepanto Institute, uh, Regina Magazine, Roman Catholic Faithful, these groups, we've all been working with each other for years and years and years and said we're sick of it. We're sick of it. We are faithful Catholics, and we are not going to allow the U.S. church to be taken over by the Communist Democratic Party vis-a-vis -vis the bishops and them getting hundreds of millions of dollars. Whew. I mean, that is rich, isn't it? Using that name. And that's why I dislike the Pope so much. And he sat there, and he, was, he met with uh, recently with some political leaders. And... Um, the guy is just terrible. So 
Here is an exchange from Josh Hawley uh, giving Merrick Garland some what for about a 15-year-old girl. He's upset, rightfully so, and Merrick Garland just lies through his teeth. 15-year-old daughter was raped. She was raped in a bathroom by a boy wearing girls' clothes, and the Loudoun County School Board covered it up because it would have interfered with their transgendered policy during Pride Month. And that man, Scott Smith, because he went to a school board and tried to defend his daughter's rights, was condemned internationally. Do you apologize to Scott Smith and his 15-year-old daughter, Judge? Senator, anyone whose uh, child was raped as, uh, is a, the most horrific crime I can imagine and is certainly entitled and protected by the First Amendment to c- protest to their school board about this. But he was cited by the School Board Association that's fine, as a domestic not, terrorist, which we now know that letter and those reports were the basis for your... Do- no, this, this no, is, Senator, this is that's wrong. Shameful. Judge, that's, this is shameful. This, here, this testimony, your directive, your performance is shameful. That's not. Thank God you are not on the Supreme Court. You that, should resign in disgrace, Judge. Yeah, I'll say. All right, um, we got more. Okay, we're going to switch over to globalism um, because that's where this all comes from, too. The powers that be. So Joseph Bass, former President Bast. Former president and CEO of Heartland Institute, a libertarian public policy think tank, perfectly summarizes the underlying agenda of the climate scam. And back in 1993, we identified global warming as the mother of all environmental scare tactics. Groups on the left understood that it If you can control energy, you can control human beings, he said. If, in fact, the combustion of fossil fuels is having a dangerous impact on climate, you have a recipe for controlling all of us, all all use of fossil fuels. That's 80 to 90 percent of all the energy. If you can control that and shut it up, shut it down, you can shut down the engines of the world. So, you know, again, they're not serious because they're not cracking down on China and India and other developing nations because it's all about slaves and human trafficking and labor. So we just up to this point covered sound of freedom and we're talking about sex trafficking, but there's also slave labor trafficking as well. The Heartland Institute first started to address global warming back in 1993. And back in 1993, we identified that as the the mother of all environmental scare tactics. Uh, The environmentalists, the left actually, not environmentalists, groups on the left, understood that if you can control energy, you can control human beings. And that's what it was all about. This was a search for a scientific justification for a political agenda that was set well back in the 19, I would say the 1960s and the 1970s. Of course, it goes back to the 1930s and it goes back uh, probably to the dawn of, of human civilization. Uh, but the whole idea is control energy. And if, in fact, the combustion of fossil fuels is having a dangerous impact on climate, you have a recipe for uh, controlling all use of fossil fuels. That's 80, 90% of all the energy. If you can control that and shut it down, you can shut down the engines of the world. And that is uh, no less than what the environmental movement wants to do and has been trying to do now, going on 30 years on the the global warming debate. 
Well, they don't want to just shut it down. They want to control it and they want to profit from it. And they're going to set a clock because they need a they need an end game. So now, uh, Rishi Sunak, the new leader of UK, and King Charles got together and pushed the big red button on TV on on video. They did this. It's a new world order compliance countdown. It's not a climate doomsday clock. Here is their plan. Initiating the countdown of the climate change doomsday clock with a timer set to end in the year 2030. And if humanity doesn't comply, we will all perish, of course, and the Earth will be destroyed unless we do everything they say right now. But thank goodness all the previous climate change doomsday predictions have all come to pass and nothing ever happened. But this one feels a little different, right? I mean, they do have a doomsday clock, for crying out loud. Unfortunately, Greta couldn't be there because she was on the front lines in Ukraine meeting with Zelensky, wondering, like the rest of us, where did all the money go? But don't worry, they have a plan. And in fact, the World Economic Forum was just in China discussing this plan at the exact same time that the King of England was pushing the red button of the climate change doomsday clock. Here's their plan. Regulation also has a larger role because some of the problems that we're faced with, energy transition, climate change, in my view, will not be solved with just market participants. And that's where we also need regulation to make sure that the market, that the invisible hand of uh, Adam Smith is actually doing its work and that we're nudged towards the right solutions. So that, in my view, is uh, an important part of regulation as well, to make sure that, for example, the energy transition actually happens. As you can see, the WEF puppet is lobbying for governments and industries around the world to impose regulations on people and businesses to enforce their vision of compliance with the climate agenda and the energy transition. So regulation with taxes and incentives then can nudge us towards a right direction to solve these problems, to make it easier for us to invest in all these green opportunities because ultimately we need to generate a return. The plan is to tax and regulate us into submission based on our carbon footprint so they can get a return on their investments. And more importantly, control every aspect of our lives. At the end of the day, this has nothing to do with climate or emissions. We are currently witnessing, on a global scale, the implementation of United Nations Agenda 21, and the 2030 Agenda is an important milestone of Agenda 21. This is a UN program that seeks to subvert nations' sovereignty and to infringe upon fundamental basic human rights justified by an existential threat, just like they did with COVID. Everything we just saw. It's the playbook. In fact, COVID-1984 greatly accelerated Agenda 21 via a manufactured crisis and introduced new tools of control which would have never been accepted by the masses if it wasn't for a scary emergency. For example, tools of control like vaccine passports, which were simply the rollout of digital IDs. And guess what? They're not going away, are they? Now, does anyone really believe the most rich and powerful people in the world, the most influential organizations, corporations, and governments are really doing all of this because they want to save you? Because they give a damn about you? No. At the end of the day, we must recognize that when organizations like the World Economic Forum discuss private-public partnerships to achieve their goals, they are simply rebranding fascism and plan to enslave humanity under the false pretense of saving it. Because of a crisis they created. This is classic problem-reaction-solution. The countdown they have started is not a climate countdown. It's a compliance countdown, and the clock is ticking. That is a great analysis. Uh, I loved listening to that.
Um, let's take a listen to this one. Uh, take a listen. Changes us. The very idea of human being some sort of natural concept is really going to change. Up until now, the conversation we've been having is around freedom of speech. Once we can access people's thoughts and access people's emotions. The focus, as all of you know, today is on what's now called the Internet of Bodies. Atlantic involving Council. Involving medical implants and other kinds of devices that go inside your body and all together with the Internet as a whole comprise the Internet of Bodies. The Internet of Bodies, or IOB, Rand Corporation. Is, um, is actually an ecosystem. It's a bunch of devices that are connected to the Internet that contain software and that either collect personal health data about you or can alter the body's function. We think of the Internet of Bodies as Forms of physical currency you can have programmability. So, so you, you know, hear um, that one, right? That's about, with expiry well dates. That's that about putting chips in, about. inside your body, right? And tracking everything you do, your health, everything. But listen to this. And the one final note I will uh, make is that if you think about the benefits of digital money, there are huge potential gains. It's not just about uh, digital forms of physical currency. You can have programmability, you know, um, units of central bank currency with expiry dates. You could have, as I argue in my book, a potentially better and yeah, some people might see it or a darker world where the government decides that units of central bank money can be used to purchase some things, but not other things that it deems less desirable, like, say, ammunition or drugs or pornography or something of the sort. And that is very powerful in terms of the use of a CBDC. And the one So they can control whether you buy guns or not, right? And these same fools believe in depopulation. Let's take a listen. 6.8 billion people, that's headed up to about 9 billion. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, health care, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15 percent. We could lower the population with vaccines, abortions, socialized medicine, death panels, you name it, that sort of thing. That's all we're talking about. And they're rigging elections. Take a listen to this. Uh, election system security. Uh, as you're well aware, the integrity of elections across the U.S. depends heavily on the integrity of computers and software systems. Unfortunately, much of this infrastructure has proven dangerously vulnerable to tampering and attack, and in some cases, in ways that cannot be easily detected or corrected. So they got the whole gambit covered, don't they? It's absolutely insane that we uh, that the leaders that we've elected that have sold us a bill of goods have sold us out. And we as people are just trying to make a living and entrusting our government and trying to be good citizens are being exploited for uh, as fools, you know, because we're compliant. And we should pr probably reevaluate that relationship with our government. Well, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Be sure to check out MAGAPAC.org. Make a donation if you can to help out. Help us support America First policies to make America great again. Use Red State over at my pillow. We'll see you next time on the radio. Goodbye, everybody.